0: Hey, Fitness Business Secrets listeners. So today we get to listen to the second part of my interview with Louise Clancy, who is a amazing Pilates business owner in the UK. And you're going to learn how she spends just 50 pounds or about 62 US dollars in today's exchange rate on Facebook ads. And get this, she actually gets 20 to 50 opt-ins from that one ad. How does she do that? We'll get into that. Also, she gives us more detailed exact wording of how she targets her Pilates customers. And in addition, she answers the question, can you target more than one customer type? Also in today's interview, you'll learn how she keeps her sales and her conversions high even when her trial clients, get this, interact only with her remote trainer and Louise isn't even on site. Amazing. And Louise and I talk more in depth about how to create your customer avatar and how it could actually be different depending on where you're located. Stay tuned. Fitness Coaches. Get more clients by learning the secret techniques successful trainers and gym owners are using to grow their business in person and online. Create multiple streams of income by training clients online, selling challenges and growing your membership. This is the Fitness Business Secrets Podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Oshita. I've built two fitness businesses to about a half million dollars each by improving marketing, sales, and operations. Let's grow your sales and your clients. Hey, Fit Pros, before we get to the show, I just wanted to talk about how last episode's workshop went. Well, we did a little quick Question workshop where I challenged you to embrace the craziness that's going on and think about in a radically different way what type of fitness business you want to own in the future. This could be six months from now, one year from now, or it could even take two years from now to get to. And based off of the current crisis, we all have to change our business model and tailor things more towards our customers because fitness is still going to sell but our customers are going to want to probably buy and train in a different way. Now, hopefully you've done that exercise back in episode 20. So go back and listen to it if you haven't. And now let's talk about how can we achieve that goal. We're going to start off small. So let's not get overwhelmed. We got this. I think the first question most of us ask when we try to change our business model is how do we market to this customer? So Do we post on Facebook or Instagram or do we do ads and how do we find these people? We might be asking, do I have to post to a certain social media channel? Do I go to certain events? Do I do certain paid Facebook ads? I think what we really want to know is how can we be confident that our marketing strategy is right to reach this new customer group? So before we get into that nitty gritty of where to go and what graphics do we put up, what offers do we have? I want us to actually take her a step back and create something we call the customer avatar. A customer avatar, which is often called your marketing persona, your buyer persona, target market. This is going to be a fake made up person that represents the, your ideal customer's profile and characteristics. This is something Louise talks about in depth in today's episode that has allowed her to target her customers and have amazing conversions. So this is a made-up person, but you can actually think of somebody maybe that is your ideal customer because that might make it easier to answer their profile questions, which I'm going to give you some ideas of questions to ask yourself about them now. So let's say you start with somebody you can even think of and her name is Dawn. So first we have to ask ourselves demographic traits. What age are they, sex, education, income level, marital status, occupation, religion, and even average family size. The second part that might take a little longer is creating psychographic information about them. So this is behaviors that they're likely to have, such as creating a Pinterest board for clothes that they wanna wear or bathing suits that they like or their family values. Maybe they want to spend time with their friends and family on Sunday. Maybe they go to church on Sunday What is their favorite grocery store? What are favorite services they like to use? Where do they buy their clothes? Now, if you don't have a customer that you feel really represents your ideal customer who would probably gravitate towards your services, then you can make up a name for them, like Bill or Susan. There's one more big step before we start consolidating all this information, which is you're going to write a story about their experience, looking for your solution, buying their solution, and getting started with it. But since that's sort of a long thing, we are going to first put all of the demographic and psychographic traits that we've figured out from our research into a Google document You could use a Pinterest board, but I think copying and pasting into just one big document where you just put thoughts, ideas, pictures is the best thing. You should also put the name that you thought of if you don't have an actual customer by that name and maybe put a face if there's not an actual customer. So find photos of people, of of a person who looks like who'd be your ideal customer. Great thing about this document is that you can add and alter it. And if you have anybody on your team or a marketing person or someone who's going to do Facebook ads, this is the perfect thing to give them so they know how to target your customers for you. What I love about this technique is that we can now write emails, social media posts, graphics that we can sense if that Julie or Dawn person will respond to. What i find is that when i make graphics or i write something and i'm not sure or clear about who my customer avatar is i make it very general because i'm thinking what if it alienates this person or alienates that person but what happens is i create a graphic now has no appeal to anyone yes this brings me to my final point about customer avatars Once we start speaking to the person we really feel would want this type of product and we would be able to serve well, we realize we are no longer speaking to many other groups. And that's okay. And that's kind of the question because it feels like now we're alienating people. But the trick is, is now we're making that one person who happens to see our post or read our freebie feel like oh my god you are talking to me I have to use you You you're the only person who really understands me and that's the goal so I've been really enjoying these mini lessons together and I hope you are too in the next mini lesson in the next episode we're going to talk more about that customer persona story how do we write that and use that so that we can really make sure that buying experience is awesome If you enjoyed today's mini lesson, you'll definitely enjoy the show because Louise will talk more about how she uses it in real life to score tons of clients for her Pilates business. Today, we're talking to Louise Clancy, a Pilates business owner in the UK. This is the second part of my interview with her. If you haven't listened to the first part, you should definitely check it out because it has tons of info of how to start your own multi-location, low-cost Pilates business. What's amazing about Louise is that she went from quitting her corporate job, telling her husband that she quit her job and starting a new Pilates business from scratch, to growing her business to over 200 members and now coaches other fitness business owners how to grow their business just like her. You'll really enjoy the second part of this interview. So, most people, you know, they're coming in Mm -hmm. from your Facebook posts or ads. Could you tell me, is this, are most of it paid Facebook ads or are these mostly posts? And what type of ads do you use?
1: Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, lovely question. So I, I do a lot of content on my Facebook page and I have quite a, a big following on the Facebook page as well. But if I'm wanting to, to really bring in new members, I will do a paid Facebook post. So let's see. I would usually spend about 50 pounds sterling on a Facebook ad and that would bring me in Probably about between 30 and 50, what I call opt in So, people who are interested that click on the link and put in their name and email address. So, we've then got them on the database. And then from that, I'd probably get about 20, 25 who would book in for a free taster class out of that 20 to 25 maybe between 15 to 20 would actually turn up for that um wow. free taster class and our conversion rates are pretty good so we would be converting probably about 90% of those so out of that we let's say we converted yeah, um sure. <laughs> 18 people on our on our lowest membership wow okay I did outsource them to like a a Facebook you know guru, and do you know what? I did a better job, so I took it back mm. <laughs> like I'm not paying you to do a worse job than me and i I do
0: something I call rinse really?
1: and repeat.
0: What would happen is it would become too redundant. and I don't know if it's because my area we we were a studio, one specific location and it became tired. but I mean, I think it's the same concept that that it just wouldn't work. It wouldn't convert anymore. And uh, just just to give you some crazy insight, we were paying like if I got a if I got a lead for less than three dollars, I was excited. but we would pay up to six, seven, even twelve dollars for one lead who we don't even know would come in. So for us, and, and because you know it was always nice to get a sale, so if they did convert and they did pay it in wow. full, let's say we got $800 mm. from them, it felt worth it. But it was real hard to calculate. And if they weren't paid in full and they were monthly, then you don't know if they're actually going to pay for 12 months. So now you're kind of thinking, yeah. did I really get, you know, if I, let's say I spent $800 for the month plus, another four hundred dollars to really get that back. Mm. So these numbers are incredible. <laughs> and it may it might depend on the area, but this is this is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. you know, it, it may yeah. well depend on the
1: area. I think it also depends on the words that like are you talking to your ideal client? So what is in that ad? Is that jumping mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. the page at your ideal client and they're reading that those those headlines and going, "Yeah, that's me, that's me." that's me. Oh my God, they're offering me a a free opportunity to come and try this. Oh my God, Mm. fantastic. And actually setting up the audience on Facebook to make sure it's going to your ideal client. So actually, (laughs) and you know, we're getting into the nitty gritties of Facebook a little bit and I'm by no means an expert on Facebook. I'm a long, long way off that. But I know, you know, to set up your audience and make sure that it's targeting the the villages that I want to target, the age group, the interests, what these people are searching
0: for on Facebook already. I did not have the time to sit down and, and maybe that was my mistake. So regarding just targeting in general, how do you speak to your audience? How do you know who they are?
1: Yeah. So I know that, that, that my audience is aged between 30 and 60. I know that they've got aches and pains in their body that they really want to move more freely. They would like to do their daily activities without pain. So they might want to do the gardening and, and, or play with their grandchildren or run around and play football with their children, you know, with, without pain. And I, I, I use that in, in my ads. Sometimes I, I put a little bit of my own experience in there as well and say something like, you know what? I get it. I've been there before as well. And without Pilates, I wouldn't be able to run around with my six year old daughter or, you know, get out on the beach and go surfing with her, you know, but with Pilates, it keeps me strong hmm. and supple and I can really enjoy those those experiences because that's something that you don't get back. Yeah. So I sometimes do a video, either just a video or a Facebook Live. Sometimes it's just simply text and a picture of my actual class because that's really important that people can see other people like them. In the class already so you know when you might choose a picture on Facebook and it's like of this perfect person who is so super Mm -hmm. fit and you can see their six-pack and whatever and and if I put something like that on that would completely freak my ideal client out because that's not them and that's actually (laughs) not who they want to be so I actually put a picture of, with, with permission of my clients, obviously, I don't just randomly take
0: their picture and throw it on social media. How would somebody figure out their ideal client so clearly that as as you seem to have it pinned down? Mm.
1: I think a lot of people ask me, can you have more than one ideal mm. client? Yes, you can. However, choose one first and just focus on that until you get it right. So, and then once you've got that right and you've got that person coming in and your classes or your studio are filled, then you can go to the next one. So, for me, I then went, okay, I'm going to do another ideal client because I want to run some four-week Pilates beginner courses and my ideal client's a little different for those beginner courses. So, I talk to um, that ideal client and say, feeling nervous Mm -hmm. about trying Pilates, wanted to start Pilates for a while but scared of walking into a a, a class where everyone knows what they're doing. And that's a slightly different ideal client. So yes, you can have a lot of them, Mm -hmm. but start with one and Mm -hmm. get that absolutely right first before just Mm -hmm. going, oh my God, I'm going to have five ideal clients. And you go into overwhelm and you don't do it well. Choose one and do it well first and talk to them. You know, talk to the, so if you're already working with okay. someone who you think, yeah, I want more of you, <laughs> more people like you, talk to them and ask them, what makes you come to my Pilates, yoga, fitness class? You know, what do you, mm. how did you feel before you came along? How did you feel when you first did your class? How did you, do you feel afterwards? and these things are really good to use as testimonials as well so if you've got a social mm-hmm. media page use a little video mm-hmm. of one of your current clients sharing what they've got out of participating in your
0: class mm-hmm. and before and how they feel after and i like how you focus on how they feel because that can be a very moving ad for people versus just mm-hmm. what you know what was before and after
1: yeah, I see <laughs> them trying to target everybody. So, oh, come to Pilates. It's for all levels. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just that's not in, or, or just here is my class timetable. Pilates at 6 o'clock on a Monday morning. Pilates mm. at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night. But it's not describing the problem that you are there to solve for your client. Mm-hmm. So that your the number one thing that your ideal client wants to know is how you can fix or solve their problem. That is the biggest mm-hmm. thing. And if you can't communicate that as a as a studio owner, you're not going to bring the the right type of clients in let's
0: say they come in and they they like the class but still everybody's afraid to part with their money and make a commitment and and you have these uh, instructors so it's not you so what do you tell them to say to help them make to help the close Mm -hmm. the client is it different from you know the normal fitness uh, of i'll say sale pitch or strategy yeah, it is. It is.
1: It's it's basically so after that person has participated in their free taster mm. class or free taster session, my instructor um mm. would go up to them and say, "Hi, which exercise did you enjoy the most?" Because that's an open-ended question. It's not, "Did you enjoy the class?" It's like, "Which exercise felt the best one for you or did you enjoy the most or you know and it opens up that conversation really really easily often i try would try and get another current sort of paying member or client to come and join the conversation and they'd say yeah I loved that exercise when I first started and I've been doing it now for a while and this is how I feel that's really powerful as well Mm. then you can say look I'm so pleased you came today and you've enjoyed Mm. that exercise shall we we go through some little options we've got so you can come and continue with us would that be okay to just share those with you? And they go, yeah, yeah, that'd be good because you're just, you're just sharing them with them. And then I have a piece of paper which has – I only give two options at that point, my gold membership or my platinum membership. And on that piece of paper, list the benefits that they're going to get from both those memberships. So you're going to relieve your aches and stiffness with the gold membership. You're going to be, uh, you can choose five classes a month at any of our locations. And then under that, Hmm. a tiny little paragraph Hmm. of a success story. So a picture of a member and what he or she has got out of their gold membership. Yeah, so that works really, really nicely. And then I share that and I say, Mm -hmm. look, which one talks to you? Which one's going to fit in with your life best? So, again, they can't say yes or no. They've got to choose one or the other. And they'll say, oh, the gold membership. I say, great, you know what? That's the one most of our members are on and it works really, really well. And you know what? (laughs) We've even got a full money back guarantee. (laughs) For the first month, if you come to all your classes and you decide we're a load of rubbish and it doesn't help, we just give you your money back. And they're like, wow. (laughs) Oh, I said, so it's a no-brainer. So should we get you started? Yep. And we then fill out the form and take the payment. (laughs) The money back guarantee, I was really scared about at first because I'm like, everyone's going to ask for their money back. I don't think I've ever had one person come back to me after a month and go, it didn't work. It was rubbish. Hmm. Yeah. So I just ask for a month because I say to them, you know what? This is not about locking you in. This is about getting you the results and this is the best way to do it. But if at any point you decide it's not for you, we just ask for one month because that's the way we like to work. And they're comfortable with that. A lot of them sort of steer clear of gyms because they don't want to be locked in mm-hmm. to like a year and yes I could go down the road of locking them in for a year but it doesn't feel in alignment with me nice. I don't I, I, I just don't nice. like it I, how many cancellations do you honest, get a month the system that we have you know this is just the way we work it it's absolutely fine it works they feel comfortable I feel comfortable. Uh, mm. I usually get between, let me see, oh, nice. yeah. probably maximum on on not a good month would be 10, but then I'd be bringing in on average 20 new members a month anyway. So yeah, on it, that's like an average, but where,
0: I mean, I could look at all my months and even on a bad month. Yeah. What is, what's your goal? Like, do you, so does that mean you could possibly add on, let's say 75, increase your membership by a hundred every year?
1: Yeah, I definitely could. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm sitting it pretty much at status quo. Purely because I'm focusing more on my um, coaching business right now. So I'm happy for the Pilates business to tick over where it is at the moment. It works beautifully. It pays me a a good income. I can pay my instructors and it just works beautifully. Yes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So mainly, and it's interesting, I can get maybe Mm -hmm. people just who've maybe qualified who want to start their business but don't really know where to start, that's always really great to work with because we can start from scratch the right way or I can get someone with an established studio like I've I've got someone right now in France who has um, an established business but has really been struggling to bring in the clients mm. so we're working with her to to make sure that she does get those clients in so right now we're really been working on her ideal client and and her packages so you can, yeah, work from all from perspective. I've got a lovely coaching client right now who um, works in pole fitness, so pole yeah. dancing as yeah. fitness. Yeah. What
0: was that? Packages on the avatar.
1: Yeah. So her ideal client or avatar, or avatar and then actually – getting them mm-hmm. into their free taster and then what she's offering them. So her packages of, mm-hmm. of you know, how many classes that they wish to come to a month. So right now we're working on that for her. Mm-hmm. So she's got a brand new class that she wants to fill. Yeah. Her avatar is really different. So she is working with maybe expats who are sort of you know living in France but from the UK originally and trying to target mm. them she's also targeting sort of exhausted mothers as well so that, that just needs some time for them so yeah it was actually quite different but but still really you know you should just you just got to mm-hmm. dig
0: deep. How, how else do you, how do you find out who your avatar is? Is it just ask them and take notes? Do you do surveys?
1: Yeah, I've generally just asked them and taken notes. I don't think I've ever done a survey. I just ask them and, and take notes. And I, and I sort of, when they come and just you know what, your client's just come and chat to you. So I, I give her some templates that she can use. Even in terms of, you know, when you ask for a testimonial, mm. you don't just say email a client and say, hi, it's Louise here. Can, can you give me a testimonial? Thanks, bye. You actually have four questions. So you say, what was your experience, what were you experiencing before you came to my Pilates class. How was your experience in the Pilates Mm. class? Did you have any reservations about coming along? And what was your one best thing that you got out of that class? So there's four questions. And that you just say really simple answers. And even if I was videoing them, like I did a little interview with
0: them or something, mm-hmm. I'd still yeah, ask I those. Yeah, I love same that. Thank you for questions. breaking down those questions. We can't expect the customer not to know how to set up their what they like about it. So this makes a lot of sense. So this is amazing. So you're just kind of taking notes. You're just talking to them. I think any studio owner can do this and is probably already doing this. Then there's maybe a worksheet. I'm not sure what's on that worksheet. And then there's some, and then when you ask for a referral, um, not a referral, a recommendation or what you liked about it, you kind of set it up in those four questions. Or was there any specific questions that makes a difference between One person converting their notes to the right message and one person converting it to the wrong message. Yeah. So, so what you want to think about
1: with your ideal client is first of all, what is the problem that they have? So you think about, okay, the problem that they have is, you know what, they're a stressed out mother. They don't um, give themselves enough time in the week to mm. to relax um, and have something for them. And then you can think about it and go, if they don't do something about this now, how will their life be in one mm. year's time? Versus if they do start working with mm. you now, yeah, what will they get and then what will their life be like in one year's time? So then you're going into the benefits. So you go you're taking them from pain to pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know what? Business is not business shouldn't be complicated. I think it's just us that make it as 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 the human race that make it complicated. Because <laughs> <laughs> we love to do that and it's part of our mindset that, oh my God, it must be really difficult. Yeah. I think one more big thing is remembering why you're doing it. So why do you want to have a successful Pilates studio or uh, or fitness business? What is it about what what difference would it make in your own life to have this successful business? Because when the times get tough and you know what we all have days where you just want to go, you know what, it's too hard, I don't want to do this. Remember your your big motivation as to why you want to do it.
0: So, thank you so much. I think yep, we learned so absolutely. much regarding finding <laughs> our ideal avatar, <laughs> how to do a multi-location Pilates studio with low overhead, how to figure out our ideal client. I just couldn't thank you enough. And I better listeners learn so much. If a listener wanted to reach out to you and get in touch with you, how could they do that? Yeah, that would be great. It's well, I've got an, a, an email is probably the best
1: way. So, my email address is hello at louiseclancy.com so they'd be really welcome to pop me an email there or you can find me on Facebook. So thanks again for taking the time. It's been marvelous. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. Oh, I have three freebies. Number one, get your full edited transcription with bullet points of the key lessons from today's show on our website. Fitnesssecrets.co. That's fitnesssecrets with an S at the end.co. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter, which gets you access to our monthly freebie marketing and operations content that you can use for your own fitness business. Freebie number two. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to the show in your podcast player by hitting the subscribe button. Since the show happens because of listeners like you, could you also leave a review? If you email us your review at support at fitnessSecrets.co, you'll receive a complimentary one- hour coaching call with me and a $150 credit towards the first challenge that we will be releasing soon. Finally, freebie number three. We started the Fitness Secrets Facebook group. I know thinking and designing of new marketing campaigns, planning out your operations each month for your fitness clients is exhausting. Our goal is for the group to help you plan out your marketing, plan out your operations so you can get more clients efficiently. To join, go to Facebook.com and search Fitness Business Secrets. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode.